Good evening, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm here this morning, and my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal taking on Sheffield United and second leg of Slavia Prague. For me, Thursday night Europa League was always important, but Arsenal coming up against the Sheffield United side, who has also been struggling of late, or actually the whole season. But it seemed like Arsenal, so, you know, after the international break, struggled to regain their form. So, you know, I wasn't too concerned about the result of the game, or how we would have lined up, hopefully to this players. But, you know, I was hoping we would gain momentum against Sheffield United as well. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a game also where Arsenal were, or actually an ideal game where Arsenal could now do or try out different combinations defensively as well as, you know, trying Granit Xhaka at left-back for the first time. Because, I mean, I think last, back in the day, uh, like early on in the season, when there were problems in defence, I think he played almost like as a left-side centre-back. But this time with Kiritian, you know, out for the rest of the season, um, he was now just shifted in as a left-back. And, I mean... As we're going to go now into the game, I mean, for me, uh, I don't know how, what your take was of, of him, but I mean, for me, it actually looked like a totally different type of Granit Xhaka because I don't think he needed to do that sort of lung-busting runs because it's not like him and, and, and Sebeos kind of complemented each other on that side of the field. No, I, I agree. I think, you know, Arsenal, a lot of times because of TNE's attacking capabilities and, and no, I'm not saying that, you know, it's to his fault. I mean, a lot of wing-backs, it's their strength to attack. But it also comes down to them as a weakness as well when the opposition attacks. So it seemed like with Xhaka not really um, venturing forward as much, it, it kind of added stability on that side in terms of the, the Sheffield United never had the option of, you know, bursting down that side all the time. So I was really impressed with, you know, his performance in that position. And like you said, you know, sort of the different side of Sebeos because I got a bit frustrated with Sebeos leading up to the Sheffield United game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the game that kicks off, uh, early chance for Arsenal with Martinelli, uh, who came in for William, uh, ends up, you know, bursting down the left flank, cuts inside and manages to crack a shot, but just beating the, the keeper at his post. But, I mean, a, a close chance for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was glad to see Martinelli in the team. I first thought, you know, Aubameyang could. Um, there was more um, beef between the um, Aubameyang and Oteta, again, that he wasn't in the lineup. But, you know, you informed me that he, he did have the flu. But it was good to see Martinelli as well. You know, he seemed motivated and that Chet Heels was missed on that left-hand side. Actually, an uh, update story on that. I don't know if you know, picked up the last, like, in the last 24 hours. It actually came out that Aubameyang was actually in hospital and he had malaria from his international duty with Gabon. So he picked it up there. And he, oh. I think that is why, I don't know, you remember when I told you how frustrated I was getting with Aubameyang against Sheffield, not, not Sheffield United, that game where we, in the, oh, the Slavia game. Le oh, oh God, was it Liverpool? Because Slavia, he came on and made an impact with, um, with, oh, with Pepe. Uh, it could have been the Liverpool game, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, they said like he was, you know, I was like in between and that, and then I think this, that one game where they pulled him out with a supposed clue, that was the thing where the, the, that malaria was really kicking his backside. And I think that was where he ended up, because I think he said like you know, the pictures he put out was him in, in hospital, you know, that hospital garb. Uh, while yeah, yeah, I saw that yesterday on Instagram when you yeah. um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's good. Hopefully he makes a speedy recovery. Mm, exactly. Um, so in the 10th minute, Arsenal, Daly on the ball in the own half, uh, Ben 
Osborne ends up nicking the ball off at places, uh, David McGoldrick in. But I think the Sheffield United strike huh, ends up just... <laughs> I know, you know, because I think with him also the goals have been few and far between. So I think he ends up just, uh, you know, shanking the wall into the stands. Then 24th minute, Martinelli again fluffed his chance, again beating the right back of Sheffield United. Ends up choosing the wrong option. Instead of cutting across the six yard box, he ends up trying to have a pop at goal and he ends up hitting the side netting. Yeah, but one thing about Martinelli, I must say, he's a real difference maker, you know, because his first instinct when he picks up the ball is always to drive the team forward. You know, very much Alexis Sanchez-esque, but I'm not saying he's 100%, but you know, Alexis Sanchez, when he got the ball, is always, you know, head down, trying to drive the team forward. So, you know, that chance you mentioned now, it's, it's a typical Martinelli moment, getting the ball and trying to make something happen in the box, which, you know, we, 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 we miss a lot of the time this season. Then in the 33rd minute, finally, the breakthrough for, breakthrough for Arsenal. Lacazette, uh, you know, with getting into uh, involved in a, a quick, fast interplay move between himself, Party, Saka and Ceballos. Uh, Ceballos then ends up teeing up Lacazette with a cute little back heel. And, I mean, the Frenchman takes it easily in his stride and caresses the ball past the keeper. 1-0 Arsenal. I think um, just as the commentator said, Arsene Wenger would have been proud of, of that goal because there's a very sleek interplay between um, the team. And, you know, we haven't seen much of that one-touch football. Like, you know, you're always, you're always yearning for that quick pass. And the moment that happened, um, you know, Arsenal found the back of the net. And just as you we spoke about, you know, Sebeos coming into his own once again. And, you know, like one thing... Uh, I think one of my friends was also mentioning uh, with with regards to the game, you know, like uh, when you think of, of how panicky um, Lacazette was in that Slavia game, you know, he ended up choking a few of their shots. That we, this time, it's almost like you could see almost like he almost like rewound everything that he did wrong in the game, and this time, he, you know, when he played it back again, he kind of, you know, f- uh, fold all that sort of niggles that he had in his game. So this time, instead of I mean, top corner or something like he ended up just placing the ball and just caressing the ball into the net. Yeah, and I think it's the type of form you would want him to to hit um, sooner rather than later. And actually, this business end of the season when you need him to, because I mean, you know, as we'll get into it, there are some big games that we need him to step up in and, you know, good to see him on the score sheet again. Also, you know, Nicholas Pepe also has been doing really well. I mean, the first of even he's very dangerous. Um, Dangerous attacking side. He's a very weird, like you know, what a weird player, strange player. You could say it's like one moment he's he's un, virtually unplayable, and the next, you know, he's he's so predictable. So I just hope he can get that consistency. Yeah. So Arsenal, of course, take the take control of the game late on in the first half, and you know, which uh, that was actually really good to see because we haven't seen that sort of performance by Arsenal in a while. Where it was actually man managing the squad till the end like that. You know, uh, where they just control the game to half time, just I think fancy and just sort out to the half time. Yeah, uh, I'm glad because we normally, you know, uh, Burnley is a perfect example of a game and Wolves to an extent where we've been in full control of a game and, you know, it just took one lapse of concentration. And that's also where, you know, you have to kind of look at the players because Arteta has this plan in mind and. Uh, for most part, he kind of executes it, but it just takes one moment of madness 
from the players and suddenly, you know, the Arsenal's 1-1. So like you said, Arsenal going 1-0 at halftime. You kind of, you know, took a breathe sigh of relief, actually. Yeah, so the second half starts, Arsenal, you know, kind of sit back, allow Sheffield United to have ball. But, I mean, you could also see the halftime team talk with, uh, you know, the interim coach at the moment. I could, can't get his name right now. But, I mean, he ended up, you know, they started getting a bit more adventure, started pushing forward. And I think Arsenal were also starting to kind of set them up again, you know, allow them to attack, and then we're going to do a quick spring count on them. And, I mean, on one of the rare forest forward, I mean, Oliver Burke ends up getting high up the field. I think he ends up beating... Uh, the winger of us, as well as Callum Chambers. But, I mean, I don't think he really uh, realised Callum Chambers' recovery because, I mean, he ended up twist, uh, you know, turning back outwards and giving chase. And, I mean, by the time uh, Burke is about to pull the trigger, Chambers is there to make a fantastic block. Yeah, Chambers is really, you know, emerging for that right back position and he's really doing, you know, very well at it, I must say. And I've never been a fan of him out wide, but slowly but surely he's showing that, you know, he can do a job that side. And funny enough, with you mentioning also that, my next point is actually, you know, giving credit to Callum Chambers because, I mean, he's come out of, I mean, a horrific injury, even though he was, like, you know, by the time he got that injury against Chelsea, it was almost like it came at the worst time because he was playing also, like, the best football of his life. And then it took almost, like, one full year of his football playing career and I mean, the way he's come back, I mean, of course, you can see in the beginning stages, or even now, sometimes you'll see in the first five or ten minutes, he's literally gasping, like, you know, with an open mouth. Yeah. But I mean, as he, as he like, feels himself back into the game, and I mean, you can see he gets into the groove slowly in the game, he progresses and that. And I mean, he's a fantastic decision. And I mean, all of a sudden, Ballon can't get a look in, and, and Cedric is almost like playing off scraps now, like when he gets game time now. Yeah, I know Cedric is like exactly like you said. Cedric is here you know, far further down the picking order. And a few weeks back, if you listened to our previous um, episodes, you would have been hearing how we've been um, praising Cedric. And now all of a sudden, you you can't find his name on the score sheet, even I mean on the team sheet, even in a game against Sheffield United, you know where a win wasn't how can I say the be all to end all, but you know he's he's not even on, on the team sheet. Yeah. Then 68 minutes, Saka then ends up getting a dead leg uh, in a collision with uh, one of the Sheffield United players. He end, ends up getting subbed. William gets brought on. And now when I was kind of thinking, <laughs> one of those games where, you know, where we almost like we lose our, our, our attacking, you know, that, that, that growl to our game. Because, look, he's too cautious every time when he plays us. I mean, for me, right now, if, if you talk about... One of the worst performances we've seen by William. I always now think of that one when we played Liverpool at the Emirates where he, I mean, he was just was like watching the chicken without the head because, I mean, he didn't know whether to run at Trent Alexander-Arnold. And then after a while, he got in the, ended up getting bullied by Trent Alexander. So, yeah, he ends up coming on. But then uh, about four minutes later, uh, Pepe ends up making a fantastic slalom run to the uh, Blades box. He ends up getting a low curler to the far post. I mean, the keeper, uh, Ramsdale, manages to get a hand to it. But I mean, he ends up just palming the ball in the direction of Martinelli, who does the fox-in-the-box finish. True no uh, Happy for Martinelli to actually get in the score sheet once again. Shame. I mean, he's been, you know, grinding and grinding and in the Premier League and, and it just didn't seem to be happening for him. And I think he's been, you know, trying a bit too hard at times. So... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that he actually managed to get himself on the score sheet and 
you know, gave, give Arsenal that breathing space in the game. Yeah, then 83rd minute, Martinelli ends up getting replaced by Alneni. I think uh, as Arsenal were trying to almost like show the game up, but also probably save his legs also for the Slavia game since he did twist his ankle quite badly in the game. Um, 84th minute, Thomas Partey plays a Vieira-like pass. They're setting the two central defenders of Sheffield United, which sets up Lacazette to run onto the ball, compose himself, and then just plant the ball past the keeper, 3-0 Arsenal. I think you must have upset um, Partey last week with your comments about him because he, he just decided to have such a stellar game this game and kept it off with such a lovely, lovely assist. I mean, now you saying the areas in last week, we know we were a bit disappointed in his performance. So, you know, once again, the Fox was jinx strikes again. But he was a right big kicks into the stand. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, also we ended up just seeing the game out again. Three points in the bag and consolidating position, sadly. Oh, you know, I, you just kind of look at it and ask yourself. You know, had Arsenal, you know, taken some other list of points, you know, yeah, where yeah. would we have been in the table? Because I mean, it's not like we've, 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 like you know, we've pushed. I mean, we've won some tough games, but we've thrown some silly points away in that same breath as well. And I mean, who would have thought? I mean, if you like look at it as a bigger in the bigger picture, what you not just said about the, with the smaller teams and that. I mean, we are we going into like it's a season where we've beaten Man United, we've beaten Tottenham. We've beaten Chelsea, uh, we've beaten Leicester, and like, you know, teams like that. And then you look at, at, at as, as you said now, where we've not actually leaked points or just lost points completely. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's been silly points dropped. And I mean, you know, you, you can look back on it in the season, you know, you got you got to like probably look, can you blame it all on a theater or do you look at times where players threw points away themselves single-handedly and... It's, it's probably a combination, but I just really hope we can get that right in our game because, I mean, if you can iron out these unnecessary errors, you know, who knows where we would have been in the league. I mean, at one stage, we were ahead of Man City. You know, they pulled their act together, but, you know, like you said, three points to the to the Arsenal, but, you know, my, my heart and eyes and mind were all also focused on the Thursday night game against Slavia Prague, which stuck stuck a bit of nerves for me because I mean we should have put them away and you know they did beat Rangers and um, they, they they did knock out Leicester as well so uh, I was a bit nervous but I think you know the, the first mistake was, was when they didn't seem to take the knee before the game and I think that fired up Arsenal for that No but I mean look with you talking about nerves <laughs> I, mean, I just need the listeners to also know that I mean look Going into the game, like the media and some gooners, and I mean you included, and my friend Georgie, uh, you know, we're either edging to edging into Slavia. Okay, not you guys, more the media, but I mean with the nervousness. I mean the way you were talking to me uh, leading up to the game, asking me how positive I was feeling, how I'm feeling, and I mean I was feeling like the buzz because I mean I think maybe I have that positivity, positivity because you know when you see the sort of woeful league form that has almost like numb the sort of feeling of fear. <laughs> so, I mean, I can handle anything that's coming our way now. So, yeah, uh, you know, the game that kicks off, the mindset seemed, of course, also different going to the game with Arsenal. 
we Arteta, look, we always know him as, as the current tinker man in the league, and that. But <laughs> this time, he, you know, unless forced uh, with with, with uh, you know uh, man changes, everything else was kept roughly the same as Sheffield United. And for me, what I found also interesting of this game was it was oh, it will also be a test because look, everybody when we beat Sheffield United, uh, you know, media and some rival fans were going like, yeah, it's only Sheffield United. You can't, you know, judge yourself. And I mean, I was thinking that. You know, I was like, quietly to myself, I was thinking also the same line, yeah, they're going to probably hold that against us. So, to actually see a, a team that haven't lost a uh, home game in two years, where we now went to go visit now in uh, with Slavia, um, of course, you're going to you be you, you kind of tense to the game, but I mean, you think to yourself, if they just play freely the national game, they can wipe, you know, anybody off the pitch if they if they want to. It, it just comes down to... Like, you know, focus and, and, and discipline as well. The thing that the message that Arteta passes over to them, if they can see, say, that game plan, this team can probably go a long way. Because I don't know how many times we saw defeats and then you see some players come out and they go, yeah, they didn't follow the plan for the first 15 or 20 minutes. And then by that time, the you know, the rival that or whoever we played against, they're already out of sight. So this time you can see that they played to a, a solid game plan. We, of course, start somewhat aggressive, not like dirty, but I mean, we end up just driving forward, forcing them back. And I mean, we ended up that first, uh, what was it, about 10 minutes, we were just forcing, you know, them into either areas to give us throwings higher up the pitch or giving us corners. I, I can tell you, I don't see, think I've seen Arsenal start aggressively like this in, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I can't, I don't know if you can think of a game on top of your head where we started this aggressively and hungry way. You know, you were, you were asking yourself, uh, who is this team I'm watching? At the moment, and, uh, and and as the game wore on, and just, uh, I'll get to the part where I thought of you, but like they were just on top of Slavia and you know eating them all the time from all angles. And Slavia, every time you think you know tried to, they had a few breakaways, but every time they got the ball, Arsenal just were on top of them, smothering them. It, it was like you know if they still take this game plan, bring it on. So the 14th minute, you know, I think most goalers get their hopes up when Emil Smith yeah. had the ball in the net. Then, of course, we are at a check, and then it was, you know, scrapped. But, I mean, when I, what what really frustrated me of VAR, I mean, don't you think it's also fair to let the people see at the same time what you're doing? Like, yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't even see the decision, really. Like, you know, I, 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 with the network I was watching, with, they never really replayed the, the, the decision. Yeah, I mean, I think we got the, the thing like on our screens about Easily three to five minutes after the incident, because and then it was even closer than probably what 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 we were thinking at first, because it looked almost like just like the tip of his football boot was over, and that was like what the line was called upon. And I thought, how are you basing it on <laughs> margins? It's crazy. That's why I mean, as I said, I mean we're always hopping on this, but I mean I don't really I don't see the real sense of VAR. Maybe if if it's like penalty incidents or whatever, you don't pick up, but yeah. You know, it, it kills the game because when a goal gets scored, you don't know. Must you cheer? Must you stand? Must you wait? What must you do? Yeah, I mean, I I celebrated and, you know, I just came back to my you know seat of celebration. And then, you know, the ref's checking it and you're like, are, are you kidding me? And you're just waiting. And, you, and then you're waiting in limbo almost. And then you're like, yeah, okay, offside. But... I don't know, I just felt more confident that, you know, Arsenal was just so driven that, you know, they were going to definitely make something happen again. Yeah. But I mean, thankfully, they did 
kick on and press on. And in the 18th minute, Arsenal then start picking the ball around quite fast. Slavia Prague can't really cope with, you know, the way or the pace the ball has been pinged about in front of their box. Emil Smith-Rowe ends up getting the ball, ends up waltzing through the Slavia box. Matt makes two players and in the process and then lays the ball off perfectly to Pepe, who, I mean, he shows some fantastic strength. I mean, he holds off the guy half hanging onto him. Then also just shifts the ball slightly wide of the keeper and then just smashes the ball past the goalie. one nil Arsenal. Uh, I first have to look at the line. I feel like I'm, these days, I feel like I'm a, a, a striker scoring a goal, beating the offside trap. And when I want to go celebrate in my, wherever I'm watching the game, I first look at the linesman to see, you know, <laughs> is he going to do anything? But, you know, eventually, you know, they even had a little check for the goal, but goal was yeah. given and props to Pepe as well. You know, who would have thought that he would have played a pivotal part in our first two goals? of the tie so you know why not the Arsenal cancelling out the away goal and it just seemed we were so hungry and driven that more was on the way yeah and two minutes later Saka ends up taking on uh, Romada the midfielder of uh, Slavia then ends up clattering into uh, Saka penalty given Lacazette and steps up and then calmly plays the ball past the keeper 2-0 Arsenal 3-1 on aggregate uh, at 2 no, how are you feeling? Are you feeling that, you know, the tie is done? Or did you say, like, you know, I want more goals? Or, or what are your thoughts at that point? Because I was thinking, like, I, I, I don't know. I still think we need one more goal to be safe. I just, I just thought to myself, anything from, you know, two to three goals in, like, in a in a short burst, like, say, a 15-minute uh, time span or whatever, would probably knock the wind totally out of themselves. And... For me, at that, at two 0 you could have received the heads dropping of them. There were, um, you know, you were kind of trying to see almost like some sort of fight, you know, like of them. And you just saw them, like you know, when they went to the center circle again, everybody's heads almost dropped, and and you knew, I mean, they knew what was coming. Also, of course, sense that almost like they sense blood. And I mean, as as soon as uh, Slavia kick off, the ball already they get dispossessed. Arsenal again start pinging the ball fast around. And I mean, 24th minute, Callum Chambers then beats the Slavia Prague defence with a fantastic run. Ends up playing a perfect through ball to Bukayo Saka. Saka then, of course, ends up working himself into the edge of the, the Slavia box. Ends up looking to the far corner and as a goalie starts sitting himself or waiting for that shot, Saka then ends up beating him at his near post with a fantastic little shot. 3-0 Arsenal. Uh, and that's just the part that I thought of you because, I mean, I know you always, you know, we talk about the Invincibles and, you know, Arsenal should put the game to bed. But, I mean, really, if Arsenal, you know, we, we've seen us start games very strongly and not take our chances. But it just shows how dominant and commanding you can be if you put your chances away. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you rattle them so within. Because look at uh, what you and I were talking also about a while back with other games. When, like, say we have a positive result and it's followed up with a, a negative result. All because we slowed up our passing, everything became more pedestrian. And I mean, the way they were playing last night, Smith Rowe was keeping this team ticking all time, you know, running between the lines. And you can see it makes, it's amazing. Look at that, that old experiment thing that was done with Smith Rowe. We, we saw him play the first time against Chelsea like that. And Chelsea couldn't deal with him when he plays in that sort of role where Odegaard now slots in. But you can see that Smith Rowe does the most damage he does in that little pocket. Yeah, no, 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 definitely, and and, and I didn't even really miss Odegaard and Aubameyang because I know I was a bit, you know, worried that um, 
uh, we don't have like you know that your, your so-called talisman and and Odegaard who's also become that kind of you know magician in the midfield of the park and it just shows the the, the depth Arsenal do have I mean if if you just you know add one or two more three maybe quality players in and around the team you know who knows what this team can be capable of and I don't want to speak too far ahead but you know you 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 missing Odegaard who's also called you know world class talent with Aubameyang and the team just looked like they were relentless they know that they weren't missing anybody so yeah I love this aggression and relentlessness that they had with with the likes of Slavia and even with Sheffield United and you know one thing I'll just pick up it's like a side note I mean I would have done it like say a talking point but I mean I'm blending it into the uh this uh, report now it's like I don't know if you noticed look Gabriel's now been out of the squad for two games yeah. And if you notice when he plays, like when he plays in the prior game, I mean, he, look, he, he's a fantastic for, uh, defender. And I think he also needs somebody more short next to him. But for me, it's like when you watch, I mean, any of you guys can also think of that, that uh, game against Tottenham where we dominated the game. There was 10 minutes to go, they down to 10 men, and all of a sudden he goes into the sort of weird panic mode. He's like taking reckless chances, you know, trying to b- draw people onto him. Then he ends up like giving away needless corners, and you're thinking, You've got control of the game, and now you're all of a sudden panicking in such a bad way. You'd look almost like way beyond rattle. Then I thought you kind of shook that in, you know, the latter games and after the Spurs one. But then I saw the rear itself again when we played Liverpool. Because all of a sudden he ends up, uh, you know, with a Salah, we couldn't really uh, handle Salah, that, especially the last quarter of the game where he was just missing and, and kind of, you know, almost like he looked very clumsy. And I think now when you see, Marie and Holding, I don't know, they look way calmer when they're beside each other. Yeah, uh, and and like I said, you know, it's almost like Gabriel and Holding don't bring the pace out of each other. They won't have a different partner next to them. All of a sudden, you know, they both play better games. So uh, I'm really thrilled that um, to, to, to see Marie back in the team again. So he always adds that kind of composure in the back line. So... Like you mentioned, you know, Gabriel started a very firm favorite and won like play of the month three or four times on the trot or something like that, even more. But like you said, you know, he's, he's still a youngster and I think experience comes with it. And, you know, you will see the mistakes creeping into his game. Yeah. So, you know, Arsenal now, uh, like as we go into the second half, we went out, you know, almost like letting them just let fly from outside the boxes, really to close in. So as we get into halftime and, and switch our attention to the second half, uh, Slavia Prague didn't make four changes at the start of the half. <laughs> and I mean, I really thought to myself, I mean, are they not? Because uh, I know the pundit was, uh, the commentator, sorry, was talking about them trying to protect the title winning season where they're rather going to get, you know, most of the key players off. And since it's almost like a kind of lost cause for them, they're just going to almost like throw some sacrificial lambs on the pitch. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I actually liked about Arsenal. They, they didn't let up. They were relentless throughout. And I mean, they knew everything that had to be done to almost like see this game, you know, really put it to bed, as we always say. And then like 58 minutes, Lacazette ends up getting a chance again. Ends up cutting the ball inside. And I don't know if you picked up on it. After the fact, after the ball gets shifted past uh, the defender. I mean, it's still in close quarters of Lacazette. But the defender slides in and actually takes Lacazette's leg out and the ref didn't even like because normally that's a stock standard penalty. Yes, yes, yes. I, I also thought so. I also thought like, hey, are they going to check this on VAR or something? Are we going to get a penalty now? But 
It wasn't nothing. There was no big fuss made about it, really. <laughs> exactly. So, 67th minute, Arsenal then make the substitution. El Nini comes on for Smith Rowe. I think Smith Rowe also mm. kind of ran his race at that point. I think it looks like more games to come. And I mean, look, as I said, he did a hell of a lot of running throughout the game. And I think you needed again a, a calmer head like El Nini, especially when you're now three up. You need to not just, you know, uh, you know, gain control and be more composed in, in knocking the ball about with, you know, little passes. The, then 77th minute, Pepe and Saka play a, a fast one-two between each other. And then, of course, Pepe bursts into the box. You know, kind of, kind of composes himself, looks up, sees Lacazette and plays the ball to him. Lacazette, of course, cuts inside the two, I think, central defenders. And then he ends up just smashing with a left pass the goal, goalkeeper. 4-0 Arsenal, 5-1 in aggregate. Yeah, you know, Pepe as well, and like I said, two people I think that me personally, I know you've also been a Lacazette fan, but me personally, I've been, you know, giving a lot of stick to Lacazette and Pepe over um, uh, over the, the season. But slowly but surely, you know, there have been some important figures in the team, you know, scoring. I know I was very harsh on Lacazette at times. And, you know, wondering if he could be good enough to lead the line, but... It's almost like when Aubameyang's been out of late of the, of the team, it's almost allowed Lacazette to almost play a much better game. It's given him almost more freedom and Pepe as well. It's just overall much better Pepe that we've been seeing creating and scoring goals. And, you know, I can't fault the player at the moment, or both players. And right, Lacazette right now, I think he's something like, I think he's got now 17 goals in all competitions of Arsenal. Could this be his best season in terms of goals? Is it or is it I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't really, you know, go back on it. But I think uh, I just wanted to put it. Such a, like as as we've been discussing, it's also been like a crap season, and now you see him pushing our numbers like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm sure if we had the other season, you know, that one with Emre, just the, the one before he got sacked, like that, you know, Premier League final season, you know, if he had pushed those numbers out, you know, maybe we would have been hearing the Champions League anthem ringing through the, through the Emirates. Yeah, so, 79th minute, you know, as the game now starts to peter out to the end, also make a triple substitution with Saka, Party, and Lacazette coming off, replaced by Martinelli, uh, Cedric, and Ketia. I think Balogun also made a late, late cameo. I mean, I, I was, that's the only thing I was really a bit irked with because. Yeah, you can tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really thought he, like somebody like Balogun would get now, uh, uh, say, a 10 minute cameo even just to look. They already, like, you know, the heads are down of, of, of Slavia. Now you got this youngster who's almost like a young drogba that's going to, you know, better people physically and that. So, like, you know, let him loose on somebody. Yeah, I, I think he really had this issue with him wanting to stay, wanted to go. So it's been a good, you know, opportunity to just bait him into the team, get him the feel of it, and you know, gets his confidence up once again. Yeah. So yeah, also to go through to the semi-finals where we face our old boss, <laughs> yeah. the the king of the king of um, Europa League, as I like to call him, but. You know, the last time we, we, we reached the Champions League final, we, we played the Yellow Stuff Marines. It was a match, I think it was a nail-biting affair. I mean, uh, one nil over the tie, but um, I would take that and go through, hopefully, to the Europa League finals, and hopefully we can... I'm actually wanting to avoid Man United at the moment. They seem to be really on top of things, but, you know, you have to beat what's in front of you. So, you know... The yellow submarines it is, and hopefully we can teach every lesson to 
But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Ooh, I'm sure Avery would want to prove a point as well to the mm-hmm. Arsenal and to Ateta. Yeah, and then of course we then switch our attention to the Sunday fixture. Uh, we play Fulham at the Emirates. Uh, things are still not going too well for Fulham. They're in, in 18th position now. Um, I mean, of course, look, it's almost like a wounded animal. You can't just take a game like this lightly because, look, they can't sting a surprise usually against, you know, almost like when you let your guard down, you probably can get your backside bitten because, look, they, even though they got, like, Liverpool scalp, but, I mean, they've, they've now lost, I think, something like four on the bounce. So, I mean, you know, we will have our work cut out, but I, I just think it, it was going to be almost like once we... We, you know, breach the defence. I think it's almost like, you know, the floodgates will just open, I think. Because especially with our attacking flow and, you know, the sort of players that we now have, that you know, that, that young, energetic type set up, you know, in midfield and up front. I think they, we should see them off at the canter. How, how do you approach this game, though, tomorrow? Do you, I'm not talking tomorrow, Sunday. Do you go full strength or do you kind of give some guys who didn't play on the game on Sunday and Thursday too. No, look, since there's no um, Europa League games are for two weeks. So, I mean, I would actually, I wouldn't chop and change too much because, look, you want to keep that defence as is now. Yeah. I mean, this is like a serious, serious emergency. I wouldn't now want to fiddle around with that defence because I would actually think, well, you want to do little tweaks or whatever, and I mean tweaks, not really, you know, tinkering a full squad or half squad or whatever. Then I would actually get somebody like, uh, you know, what you're not just saying now, we can bring maybe one or two fresh faces in, but you just keep that team, let them just grow together like that. Because especially now with us, like, you know, on a road to a semi final and a, and a fi- like a possible final, you don't want to mess around too much because I think the stronger they get, you know, as a unit, I think it's going to bode well for us going through the rest of the competition and our remaining fixtures. Yeah, no, you, you improve some good points, and I think. We just need to get that winning mentality like you know, installed in us. And I think if we can, you know, pick up the the three points and do so convincingly and go marching on, I think, you know, we're in good stead for that Europa League semi-final. For me, it's all about that semi-final. I know you had your eye on the Fulham game at the moment. So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's easy, right? You know, you can only beat what's in front of you. But I just don't, I hope we don't pick up unnecessary injuries. But after, yeah, so I'm hoping that we can uh, wrap this game up and uh, unfortunately probably add more to Scott Parker. Well, Scott, Scott Parker's worse. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any other points before we end of the podcast? Uh, this, this is kind of the one with Sebayos. You know, do you see him staying on? Would you want him to stay on? Or, or what's your take now? And what do you think this new position or new kind of formation change or shift in team shape can assist in him? you know, uh, having a role in the club in the future? No, I mean, like, my personal thing is I'm just happy for him, like, uh, you know, the, the sort of purple patch he's going through now. I mean, it's also going to bode well for him when he, uh, like, you know, if he should now return to Madrid. But, I mean, I personally would not take up that option because, um, I don't know, the way I see it always, I mean, of course, everybody has their own opinion, um, but I always think somebody in that position should also be contributing more with goals, assists, like yeah. over the of a season. And I mean, he's been now with us almost two years. And I, and I think also in the goals category, also uh, somebody needs to chip in also more there. Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if you think of what sort of money we're talking about to get, say, somebody like that at, at the club, you ex- expect also some sort of, uh, you know, return, like whether it's goals or assists. And I mean, if you yeah. just like going 10, like say, even 10 plus assists for the season, 
I would have put my head up and said, okay, I think, you know, it wouldn't be bad to then hold on to him. Or even like, a t- like say, 10, uh, 10 assists and five goals or something like that. Yeah. But you can see he's not hitting those numbers. And I think that is what we should be looking on when we kick on for, to the next level. And I think for next season, it is going to be a, another sort of level that we're going to have to switch to. No, I think I agree with you. I think, and no disrespect to the player. And, you know, yeah. I, I've been a fan from him from the start. I mean, and then there was a time when he played in the centre mid. I was a big fan of him. But it just seemed like he struggled to find a proper position in the Arsenal team. And I think if he goes back to Madrid, it, it might also be the case of, you know, they might look to loan him elsewhere. Or, or that. I mean, I know Petrus was interested in taking yeah. him on again. So... You know, I just, I, I'm happy for him as a player. And maybe he surprises us. You know, maybe he bags that goal that puts us through to the semi, to the finals of the Europa League. And you know, we're singing his praises and 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 you know. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not sure really at the moment whether I would keep him on. I mean, you could probably spend him on on somebody more Premier League ready and more physical than him. So yeah, that's that's just my take on it. This would be a thing I wanted to ask you about because I mean it's almost that time of the season where we have to think about sending players back again. Yeah. So with that, we're gonna end the podcast. Hope you guys have an enjoyable weekend. Stay safe, take care, bye. Stay safe, guys, and hopefully we get the three points. <laughs>